Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley. This is the broadcast for January 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, and we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. Welcome to the broadcast again, sir. Well, again, thank you, Sam. I appreciate always the opportunity. I have always got kind of this, um, I don't know what it is, an adage or an aphorism. Never pass an Oakman microphone when you can speak on behalf of the cause of liberty. And so this is a great opportunity. Um, you know, I, and, and maybe just uh, I'm going to bring something up totally off to- topic, everything we've talked about so far. But maybe we can mention it and and, uh, uh, and and just see where you want to go with this. But, you know, the Biden ATF has just attacked the Second Amendment again. And uh, they're set for another thing. I, you know, if you want to yes. spend a little bit of time couple, on that. A couple of things to that. note on that is, yes, Joe Biden's attacking the Second Amendment. Uh, so are the folks big time in the great state of Illinois. The Constitutional yep. Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association is working on training sheriffs because over 90 sheriffs are rejecting Governor Pritzker there. Uh, and um, we are going to have an event on March 4th in uh, Illinois. We're working on the location now. Colorado's close on the heels as well. The great state of Washington, believe it or not, though, 38 or 37 sheriffs rejected gun control and created a letter against it, Bob Songer, uh, Sheriff of Clackamas County, Washington, and a great CSPOA sheriff briefed us on that and sent me the letter. I still need to review it. I just got it. So there's a lot going on there, Doctor, and the battle over the Second Amendment is heating up big time. The Republicans seem to be derelict in, the, in their duty at the House. They're not even talking about it. Well, again, uh, last hour we talked about the word of the day is feckless, and uh, I'm just afraid uh, that uh, that those that hold authority are are afraid to stand in the gap, if you will. I mean, they're bunkered up and hunkered down for whatever political reasons. But the Second Amendment absolutely is under assault all across the nation. It's funny. It wasn't that long ago. You know what? Is it? Uh, we had uh, Heller case and the McDonald case. Everybody said, yeah, this settles it once and for all. It's an individual right. And, uh, yep, Supreme Court's ruled, we're done. It's not a, not an issue. But um, there has been uh, kind of a litany of assaults against it. And this, this one, the ATF, is completely uh, a, a frontal assault at the national level. And we've got these Illinois things and these Washington things that you're talking about where the states are attempting to do it. And obviously California's big time in this thing, too. So, yeah, the Second Amendment... It, it, that's what that's what caused the Brits, the Redcoats, to march on the 18th of April in 1775, and and to uh, literally uh, the Lexington, Concord, Greens, and bridges and everything else like that. 
Good men died because of that. That march was to impinge upon the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, when they moved and, to take the guns, it's the last straw the Founding Fathers decided. And, and that's the problem in America. We're seeing the same thing. And uh, besides folks like me and, you know, 90 sheriffs in the great state of Illinois uh, and 38 sheriffs in the great state of uh, Washington and, uh, you know, the CSPOA, Richard Mack winning over the Brady Bill, uh, over uh, Bill, uh, Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, the sheriffs are standing up, but not enough people are even aware this is happening. Uh, and the mainstream leadership of the Republican Party, I don't hear anybody even talking about this, really. Do you, Doctor? Well, obviously, no, I don't. And here's the deal. In this big, big, big $1.7 trillion omnibill that we're still figuring out what was in it, you know, for the, all the money, there was millions of dollars. I don't remember the number exactly. It seemed like it was $80 million that is there to bribe states to pass red flag laws in their states. What they're trying to do is get the states to do the dirty work. And uh, by the way, a Republican legislator in Utah, I, I, haven't looked, I haven't found it yet this year, but they're in session right now. But in a previous session, a Republican, uh, I believe he's a senator, uh, came up with a bill to establish a red flag law in Utah. Now, red flag laws obviously are are uh, basically a, a seize the f weapons and ask questions later kind of thing. Somebody says, oh, so-and-so, there may be a danger to themselves or to the community. And so they, they turn in some paperwork. and yeah, By the way, that to... was Donald Trump, my fellow Americans, that said yes. seize the guns, talk about it later. That was yeah, the, Donald Trump. He said we'll figure out the due process later. Kids... I mean, how many examples do we need to know before we know how feckless so many of the leaders are? But at any rate, this has been done. that was in the bill, millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars to bribe the states. And again, in Utah, the great red state of Utah, which the only color red, I think, equates to communism. But that's another story. But the fact of the matter is that they have been trying in Utah to get red flag laws passed. And with this extra incentive, hey, look, we got money. We can feed it the trough if we if we pass this bill. And so it's an ex parte hearing. That means that you're not there. Your attorney's not there. You don't even know about it. Your name hasn't even been, you haven't even had a suggestion. Your name's come up. They shop around and look for a judge, and the judge says, oh, yeah. These are the judges that always do it. The ones they know will do it, do it. And so they say, we got to grab this guy's guns. So they show up, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever. You stumble to the to the door in your pajamas. What are you guys here for? We're here to pick up your guns. The heck you say. You have a little shootout on the front porch, and you're dead. And that's happened before. It literally has. But this kind of stuff is being fostered all across the nation, and uh, you're just hearing about a few of them. But I, I don't know. This, this ruling that the ATF, B-A-T-F-E is the official thing, but... Uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Uh, by the way, Matt Gatz has put out a uh, a bill that he's trying to defund the BATFE uh, back in. And in I commend him for doing so. But you know what? It's easy to do this when you know you can get the votes in the House. You know you can't get the votes in the Senate. So you can talk and get credit for it, like they did with the health care issue. You know, they were all about shutting down Obama health care. But when it came push to shove, they weren't serious. And it's easy to kind of do this, too. So on one hand, I give McCarthy some credit um, for trying to do this. On the other hand, 
I'm not so sure it's real. Uh, I'm sorry, it was Matt Getz, not McCarthy. Matt Getz yeah. uh, doing the Patriot Act. Hey, let's abolish this. Um, hey, they try to convert otherwise law-abiding people to basic criminals. Um, this is the problem, right? But I appreciate Gates doing it, but it won't really have any teeth because no one will go along with him on this. Let me give you the example. If we get Trump president, here's what Trump says. Or might take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. You don't take the guns first and go through due process second. That is a violation of due process to do that very thing, doctor. Well, everything they're doing today is basically a violation of baseline principles. And uh, and so I, I just I look at what's going on in our country today, and it comes down to very often plain, flat-out ignorance by we the people. we Number one, we put the wrong people in office, almost across the board. There are probably some notable exceptions, but they're hard to find. But but we the people continue to sell our souls for a mess of pottage. You know, you think of the Jacob Esau kind of thing and, and uh, what got given away for a, a little bowl of soup and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're giving it away for a lot less than that. We get to keep watching our, our ball game on TV or whatever we're distracted with, and we never have to think about it. It's time. It's time to engage and start thinking about these things. Um, by the way, the, the, if the House refused to fund the BATFE, um, you know, because Article 1, Section 7 talks about how the money bills have to begin in the House, they refused to fund the BATFE, and then it went over to the Senate. The Senate obviously could amend it, put it back in. Then they got to reconcile the bills. They both have to pass the same bill. And it went back to the House to get passed, and the House said, the heck you say? We said we're taking out the BATFE. They could stop it right there. Or, you know, or the, the Senate could say, well, we're not going to go along with this bill unless you put the BATFE funding in. We got an impasse, kids. It's called a loggerhead. You guys... Somebody's got to recognize this. So so there are funding ways. The House can absolutely take but care of this. But it requires McCarthy and all the deep state criminals in the House to go along, at least enough to get enough votes. Matt Gates can't even get 20 people to hold out to stop the Speaker. You're absolutely so right. I appreciate, Again, I who's, appreciate who's the attempt by that? Gates. I'm not downing his effort. All I'm telling you is they don't have enough mojo, not even close. Who, who do we have to fault for that? It's the, the voters. Big All time. the people that are putting in the business, they're putting, look at Utah's uh, congressional delegation. Everybody was lined up for Kevin McCarthy from the get-go. There was never a whimper out of them. So, yeah, people in our home state are absolutely at fault for all of these kind of things that are happening.
Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. Check out his weekly webinars and Have more. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, yesterday we had an incredible discussion with Eldon Stahl with the John Birch Society, Brian Rust, and Kelly Finnegan with RustCoinandGift.com. We talked about a bunch of stuff, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about the Honest Money Report every Thursday on Liberty Roundtable Live. We talked about the economy's melting down, Microsoft laying off 10,000 people to make the point. Microsoft has this new AI it's called Vol-E, I think is how you say it. It's a new AI that can detect and clone your voice within three seconds. I'd like to see uh, Microsoft's voice talk like me on the radio for a couple of hours. I'd like to see what the politics behind that AI would show. <laughs> and we really asked an interesting question that I want to ask you, Dr. Bradley, then we'll introduce our guest. <clears throat> we talked about money and we talked about all the meltdowns and manipulations and plant protection team and all this kind of stuff. And I asked a very interesting question. I want to ask you, when will the U S dollar and Charmin reach parity? <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a, uh, a very interesting, they call them memes or what are memes? I don't yeah, know memes, what yep. called. Anyway, and it had uh, a guy and it had the different things for, you know, wealth, how wealth was measured, and, and the dollar was one of the images, and then, you know, it went to a toilet paper one, you know. <laughs> and and yeah, there was some other the things. That, so I'm asking when Charmin and the dollar are going to reach parity. And uh, Kelly's response to that is funny. He says, you know what, Charmin's better because it absorbs better. 
I have never tried the other product for what he's suggesting. But to tell you the truth, we are fast approaching that. And I, I have a, a chapter in my book about the economics and freedom. And uh, it's, it's interesting how in Germany, after World War I, uh, the printing presses ran rampant to the point that it cost 8 trillion marks by, um, I believe it was eight, uh, 1922, to buy one ounce of gold, 8 trillion marks. And, and it had been 170 marks just after World War I. So they completely ruined it. It became, as you point out, a uh, kind of a commodity like toilet paper. But, um, uh, but you mentioned this thing. I got. I can't let that go too. I mean, every time you mention something, I get a. I a know little it. Tweak All right, the brain, so let's but... let's introduce our guest here real quick, so he can jump into the conversation. Sorry for the slight derail. We got a guy by the name of Destry Griffiths with us, and Destry is um, the CSPOA's Utah State Director. And what our attempt is going to be is to start bringing on more and more people from the CSPOA board and more and more state directors from the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, just so you can hear more from them. Uh, Sheriff Richard Mack is our founder and chairman. He's the founder uh, of the organization. He's also chairman of the advisory board. I'm the CEO and on the advisory board. Uh, we have Brad Rogers, former sheriff on our board. We have Bob Songer, current sitting sheriff of Washington. We got Dar Leaf, current sitting sheriff of Michigan. We got Scott Williams, current sitting sheriff of Texas. We got Michael Pruke, a constitutional attorney, former county commissioner, ran for attorney general of uh, Maryland. We've got Sam Bushman. I'm just the redneck contributor that doesn't really have any credentials at all, except for I'm a nationally syndicated talk show host. Uh, I've been syndicated on the air for more than 25 years, and I'm an IT professional and have a little bit of organizational experience to run businesses. That's kind of why I sit as CEO. We've got Richard Vaughn, sitting sheriff of Virginia, as well on our board. And then we've got state directors all over the country. And Destry is our Utah state representative, uh, state director for the great state of Utah. Welcome, Destry. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Dr. Bradley, it's good to be on the show with you guys. So quickly, well, tell honored. us a little bit of who Destry is, will you? Well, you know, I, I'm a Utah native. I, I grew up in uh, Parowan, and then I went on a LDS mission, and then when I got back, I went through uh, the Peace Officer Standard Training and uh, became a police officer uh, for Cedar City Police, and uh, I, I enjoyed my career there, and and uh, while I was there, you know, I, I kept on having people that were challenging me and, and uh, asking me about my oath and asking me and challenging me about the Constitution. And and uh, I thought that uh, by going through the police academy, I learned what I needed to. But I realized that all they taught was, uh, you know, state the statues. And, and I think that they went over the Constitution maybe one hour if if I can even remember that, you know, and they really didn't go over it. And so it was something that I had to dive into myself and, and start to research. And I was very naive and, and started to learn about the Constitution on, on the mechanics and um, started to realize that I needed to go back to the original intent, the original founders, um, where uh, the meeting of the minds happened. And, and so I started to research and started to realize that throughout society, we've kind of uh, disregarded some of what the founders had said. And so 
I thought that we were kind of on the wrong trajectory as as a country. And so um, at that point, I started to really get get into it. And I come across Sheriff Mack, started to read some of his books and some of the emotions and some of the things that he were see- was he that he was seeing. Um, I was also questioning. And uh, so, you know, Sheriff Mack kind of was one of my mentors, along with uh, Scott Bradley. You mentioned Michael Perroca, um that's on the board. I'm excited to hear that he's on the board because um, uh, some of my uh, research and studies went back to him. I, I've watched some of his videos and read some of his books. Um, I should say videos. I don't think I've, I've I don't think I have read any of his books. But so I've I've had to uh, grow on a lot of what do they say that you you uh, learn from. The shoulders of giants, and so I've had a yes, lot. Yes, and of Michael Peruka has a lot of study guide material. So even though you uh, say maybe he hasn't, you know, you don't have books you can read. There are study guide materials, so you may have read a lot of his words. Yeah, uh, you know, as well. So I just want to clear up the confusion. It's not confusing when you say you read his stuff because his stuff is in study material form as well. So true, true. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there's there is a lot of people out there that know their stuff, and it's just. You know, if you go throughout life and you don't study or read history, you're going to kind of uh, become disconnected and you just go, you, it just seems like you just float through life without any issues or without seeing what the true purpose of um, what the founding fathers were trying to do, you know, and that was ch- uh, the checks and balances and and uh, keeping um, the uh, passions of men under control with, with uh, you know, it's kind of like... Um, I realized that that you've got rules and the and the Federalist and the Anti Federalist books uh or the papers were were kind of like <clears throat> um the rules on how the constitution was supposed to be uh, maintained and uh I don't see too many people in fact I've just started to read the anti federalist papers and I don't see a lot of people taking that time and effort in trying to uh understand what kind of government we're supposed to have you know our government and country don't line up you know and uh, i think it was teddy roosevelt and even uh, i think it was mark twain that talks about you know patriotism is supporting your country all the time and your government when it when it earns it and so you know our government is on a on a trajectory that is not cohesive to what the uh, the mission statement, the charter of of our country was founded on. So, from that, I you know I reached out to to uh, uh, Sheriff Mack and and uh, Rick Dalton and and um, after I retired from uh, police department, um, then at that point I I started to. Um, the new chapter and trying to get more and more people to understand what the uh, founding fathers meant on curtailing the the government here. So, yeah, I'm excited to be part of the team. Yeah, buddy, what do you think, doctor? Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not up to date. I, I may be completely off base on this. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, a county commissioner or if you're running for it. And I update us on that a little bit too. I. I'm not in fully in the curve on that thing, but it would sure be cool to have somebody that had a constitutional focus in a local government assignment. And so, tell us what's going on there. Well, I, you know, I, uh, 
while I was a, a police officer, I did run for the Enoch City Council, and I I was elected, and I was I sat on there for four years, and I enjoyed that. Um, I did run for county commissioner. Um, I my uh, can, the running mate, I guess uh, he ended up winning. Um, he was also a, a he, I worked with him on the police department, and uh, you know he's a good guy. Um, I would like to have um, been able to get on the commission uh, to be more focused on the Constitution and more on that role. But, but not th- I guess not this go around, but maybe next go around we can we can uh, maybe win. All right, well, maybe when we get back, with us, ladies and gentlemen, can... a quick pause. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomRisingSun.com, and Sam Bushman, along with Destry Griffiths. He is the Utah State Director for the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Weather will be affecting roughly 7 million people today in the eastern USA as double low-pressure systems will be running up the seaboard. Zach Taylor, meteorologist with the National Weather Service. The major cities from New York to Boston uh, should be mostly a, a rain. If you want to see a lot of those uh, heavy snowfall totals, you have to go further inland. Yet another storm system is heading to the eastern USA. But we're watching another storm system uh, taking shape that could bring another round of heavy snowfall for portions of the northeast and New England uh, late Sunday into Monday next week. The Treasury Department began taking special measures to keep paying the government's bills on Thursday as the United States is against its borrowing limit. The debt ceiling needs to be lifted, but wouldn't it be a normal thing if we're $31 trillion in debt not to just give a blank check? Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, with the federal government maxed out with $31.4 trillion debt limit, the Treasury Department began their so-called extraordinary measures. These accounting maneuvers include suspending investments for certain government accounts that will allow the Treasury Department to keep paying obligations to bondholders, Social Security recipients, and others until early June. Rock and Roll Heaven just got a little bigger. 81-year-old David Crosby, the legendary singer-songwriter and founding member of The Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, died on Wednesday. Just a song before I go. A manhunt is underway in Missouri for five escaped inmates, including three sex offenders. They broke out of prison south of St. Louis earlier this week. Michelle Beasley lives across the street from the detention center in Farmington, Missouri. It's scary, that's scary, that they're out here on the streets again. The inmates stole a gray 2009 Scion TC with Missouri temporary tags. This is USA News. Like bones, your teeth lose density and become weaker over time, which can lead to tooth decay. And that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this, try Crest Densify. Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend a life of teeth by remineralizing enamel. Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. 
Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store? But then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent. That's why My Pillow has developed the My Pillow towels. Towels that work. The six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. And right now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's mypillow.com, promo code USA. All right, we always have more to talk about when we've got time. And uh, really, uh, with all of the mud that's been thrown against the walls, I mean, you can see how this stuff is just, uh, we're in a target-rich environment. But uh, as we closed out the last segment, I I was going to make a comment about Destry and his run for for office. I, I was unaware whether he had won or lost on that thing. But the point I wanted to make was that we need good people to take that leap, if you will. That's it's a big it's a it's a big thing to put yourself out there like that, and uh, win or lose it's an opportunity. And I've run I've run a few times. I've run for United States Senate a couple of times. I was a candidate for Vice President of the United States once. Three time loser, I guess you could call me. But but one of the things though is that it was an opportunity always to bring forth the principles so that people could could start thinking about them, which we do so rarely. rarely. So I'd let this topic go, but just three little statements that we need to understand. If we can save this republic, we must understand the past. And so I'll go to Patrick Henry. He said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know of no way of judging the future but by the past. We've got to understand that. In Shakespeare's The Tempest, he he spoke What's past is prologue, meaning it's an introductory to the future. And then George Santayana in The Life of Reason said, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. This is the condition of children and barbarians in whom instinct has learned nothing from experience. So I'm so appreciative of Destry and his run for office. He he probably feels badly he didn't... uh, you know, make it in this time, as he said this time. We hope there'll be others. But the point of the matter is that if we continue to elect feckless people to office, we, we're going to continue to get what we've always got. And and we are in a dire strait in this nation because of that. So absolutely, we need to have an effort put into this to become Again, the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous nation on earth. And we can only do that by reestablishing the principles we originated on. So and Sam, we can only I, do that by electing educated constitutionalists to office. Thank you for running, Destry. Well, thanks. And, and you know, just like you said, Dr. Briley, I think that, you know, insanity is doing the same, same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And we, we do need to start at the local level. I think the local level has more power than they think. The state levels should take back their powers, and and the federal government needs to, you know, we need to put the kibosh on the enumerated powers and make sure we put the genie back in the bottle. But I know it's very difficult, but unless we get educated people on the ground level, it's it's going to be very difficult to do that. Unquestionable. All right. So thank we you were talking that. about gun ban issues uh, before Destry jumped on. 
And uh, I was going to introduce him and then jump into the gun issues, but it got a little uh, glitchy due to modern technology. Nevertheless, let's go back to this because there is a two-pronged approach to violate our right to keep and bear arms. Um, Biden pledges to take away guns. He reveals his true goal to ban most, if not all, guns. Now lawsuits challenging recent unconstitutional Illinois semi-automatic gun ban. Over 90 sheriffs pushing back in Illinois. And like I say, the CSPOA is going to have an event on uh, March 4th. Standing with the sheriffs, uh, rejecting uh, Pritzker, pushing to fire Pritzker over this. You know, look, he cannot violate his oath of office without having criminal charges filed against him. And that's what we think needs to uh, to happen uh, here. Uh, but, Dr. Bradley, you were kind of highlighting this uh, about this gun control. Look, the founding fathers drew the line in the sand when they came for the guns, sir. Indeed. And, and honestly, there was a couple of runs at it by the Brits. I mean, in Virginia, they seized firearms and, and caches of firearms and components of uh, you know, bullets and everything else like that. They were, the Brits had decided you could only have so much powder, ball and powder. That's how they loaded their guns uh, to be able to use for your uh, subsistence hunting. Uh, they couldn't have enough out there in the hands of the people that they could become, shall we say, independent and free. And so uh, this kind of led up to the thing on the uh, uh, thing at Lexington and Concord in 1775. But they drew the lie in the sand and. And today, the assault against our right to keep and bear arms, in spite of the well-worded and well-intended Second Amendment, are a full threat by the United States government as well as state governments. And this thing with the BATFE, and again, I know we've, <laughs> we've got so much to talk about, but, but they have come out in spite of what uh, happened with, um, oh, it was Obama's BATFE, I think, in, in 2012, they said no. These uh, these pistol brace, these uh, pistol stabilizing braces, they're they're not making it a short-barreled rifle, which uh, for some unknown reason, 16 inches is the magic number. Anyway, we could talk about the stupidity of the whole 1934 act, but in spite of the Obama administration saying in, uh, you know, just 11 years ago, oh no, these these things, these pistol uh, stabilizing braces are not violating the 1934 act. Now they've suddenly come out with this, and, and there, there's an estimate of 40 million braces. These are just little things you can help attach it to your forearm to stabilize your, your, your shooting. These braces, there's 40 million of them out there, and these people are becoming criminals unless they do all this uh, jump through the hoops, mother may I stuff to get the BATFE to approve you being able to have this little device that you can strap on your forearm when you're shooting. Um, 40 million people have got to apply for this if they're going to keep the law according to the way it's now de described in violation of Article 1, Section 1 because it wasn't, it didn't go through the lawmaking process which would have violated the Second Amendment anyway if it had gone through that. But they got to do the paperwork, get approved, pay a $200 stamp tax fee, and then you can have this little deal you can strap on your forearm. Woo-woo! This is absurd, but it, it goes along with bump stock things, and everything that's happening is wheedling what away. What part of shall, shall not, not be, be infringed. infringed do we not yeah. get, Destry? Absolutely. What was that? The... What, what part of shall not be infringed do they not understand, sir? Well, 
I don't know if they do understand. You know, I mean, here you are dealing with regulatory agencies as well, and I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of regulatory agencies because I feel like that they've, uh, they make their own policies and circumvent the Constitution as is. So, I'm not a big fan of of the ATF in that regard. So, you know, they 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 have a different mindset than what elected officials because that's part of the bureaucrat that that we we see um you know sometimes even referred to maybe as the deep state so um i think that they're they're not they're an unconstitutional uh, uh um authority anyway so i don't know why in the world you know, we, we have to have them because anyway. We the because we people it, tolerate it is why. What we need to do is follow that religious song, Rise Up, Doctor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, see, yep. all of this stuff, we're, we're, we're just nibbling around the edges that everything has been unconstitutional. I mean, these, these uh, regulatory agencies are unconstitutional. And if you go back to constitutional protocol, you look at what uh, John Locke said, for example, a mentor of the Founding Fathers. You cannot redelegate authority that's been delegated to you constitutionally. And Article 1, Section 1 says the legislature is the only one that can make laws. And, and Locke said, no, they can't say to somebody else, you can do that. But they have. They've redelegated that. Uh, Jefferson made a fairly expansive statement on this, too, that's that uh, we could deconstruct at some point. But the fact of the matter is they're doing this in violation of the Constitution, and they say, oh, it's not a law. It's a policy or it's a regulation. Bravo, Sierra. I'm going to no, call Bravo, Sierra No, it's the Supreme Sierra Law. People. Fire the criminals that violate the Supreme Law. Absolutely. Shut down the criminal Absolutely. agency called the BATF that had no authorization to exist uh, in the first place, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just bust out and get it done. But we're going to be going on uh, uh, <clears throat> March the 4th, to really drill into this and stand with the great sheriffs uh, and the people of Illinois that are pushing back on this. The Illinois Governor Pritzker says he'll just fire uh, the folks that don't go along. The sheriffs say the heck you will. Uh, it's really reminiscent of the Sheriff Mack win 25 plus years ago. Dr. Bradley, Sheriff Mack won, Bill Clinton lost, Bill Clinton threat to, threatened to arrest Richard Mack. Now Pritzker's threatening to fire the sheriffs. Uh, in his state, but when 90 of them plus get together, I think they only have like 102 in the whole state. So I don't know that he's going to. Ha- I don't know that he's going to win this one. I think that Pritzker is going to lose this one, Doctor. Well, here's here's the deal. I, states vary from state to state. The sheriffs, Sharif, and we could go into their history about how they were the the people that were protectors of their shire, if you will, and and th- that was where the title actually came from. But uh, uh, dang it, we got to take a break. Uh, so I'll I'll have to kind of see if I can remember what I was going to say when we get back. Yeah, well, let's come back about the Shire Reef, and then I want to highlight uh, a couple of other things about the state of Illinois. It's one of the weakest states on the right to keep and bear arms from a state constitutional point of view. That's why they picked this state to start with, by the way. They're evil geniuses in many ways, ladies and gentlemen. Destry and the Good Doctor, back in seconds. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ. 
especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Okay, I know, I know, I talk way too much, and we got a great guest on with us today, but I just wanted to mention something. Sam had said something about the possibility of the uh, Illinois uh, governor firing the sheriffs. And originally they were their, their locally elected uh, safeguarder of the people's rights. And, you know, we had sheriffs of Nottingham's and all that kind of stuff that uh, abused that power over the years. But, uh, but in different states now, there's a movement to take away that direct elected office from the people's right. And they're trying to get them state appointed. I don't know what Illinois is like, but Illinois governor may be trying to exercise something so he could cleanse the uh, people's defense against their tyranny. And Illinois, as we were talking over the break, is one of the weaker states constitutionally in terms of the right to keep and bear arms. But it's an interest to you that 44 states have in their constitutions a recognition of the right to keep and bear arms. 31 of those states explicitly recognize it as an individual right and often mention self-defense as a reason. There's only six states that don't have this explicit recognition. But Illinois is one of the weakest states, and so the governor may be wanting to flex his muscle, but this is a, this is a warning to every other state. Do not allow the legislature of your state to defang, if you will, the constitutional uh, ability of a sheriff. And we need to make sure that we have local people that are defending that right to keep and bear arms and uh, any other thing. And when Mac won uh, on the Mac um, Prince case, uh, that, that has a, bro a much broader perspective the just the right to keep bare arms. It applies across the board. The feds no cannot impose this, any of their will, but, and have but it neither, enforced. Locally. Neither can the states, and that's the part we need to understand. Correct. Yes, Illinois has weaker <coughs> guidance on this than others because in their state constitution, they talk about it being subject to police powers. And when you talk about police powers, it gets fuzzy really, really fast. But let me make something very clear. 
There are dual sovereignties in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. The states have broad delegated authority within the bounds of the state constitution. The general government has limited and defined authority, but there are two different jurisdictions that we have delegated or given consent for authority. We have defined the authority in both cases. Uh, however, whatever we delegate to the general government, like the right to keep and bear arms, that's the individual codified, acknowledged right. The right comes from God, not government. All the constitutions do is codify that, and that they understand that it's a God-ordained, God-given right of self-defense codified in the Second Amendment. When the supreme law says you have a right to keep and bear arms, and that will not, that shall not be infringed. The states have no authority to infringe that because that jurisdictional delegation was delegated to the general government, not to the states, to violate. Now, some would say the states can do whatever they want because the Constitution doesn't apply to the states. And my response is that's not true. And the reason why is there's delegated, jurisdictional, divided authority. And this right to keep and bear arms wasn't given to each state to decide. It was generally stated that, hey, you have a God-given right. Government acknowledges that right, and it will not be infringed. That supreme law cannot be violated even on a state's whim or a governor's uh, edict, if you will, or a legislative body that, that engages in what the Declaration of Independence calls pretend legislation. Um, let's go to Dr. Bradley really quick on that. Well, yeah, I, you know, you've done a great job, Sam, and, and uh, I belabor a lot of points, and I, I guess I'll defer to the things you've said at this point because I know you've got a list of things you want to get through, and I do want to, do not want to infringe upon that any further than I have today. So you're right. Let's just put it down. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and the problem is I want to get through all these subjects because, folks, here's the deal. We could drill into one subject and take five hours. We could extend the broadcast, take five hours, definitively cover it. But what happens when we do that is you miss so much guidance on so many other issues that you've got to be aware of. And so on this program, I know sometimes we go quickly from topic to topic, but my goal is to give you guidance constitutionally, guidance morally, the rejection of partisan politics or the good old boy network or whatever. I want to give you guidance about a handle as many topics as I can, because then you're educated. If you want to dig into every topic more, that's great. But remember, a lot of these topics we visit over and over and over and over. And when a new issue comes up, we have new um responses and new information and so over the last 25 years you know i know we're spending say 10 minutes on the second amendment right now but over the last 25 years i submit that we've spent hours and hours providing guidance on the second amendment and so i don't mean to ignore things that are important but i want to get to as many as i can because otherwise there's nobody pointing out true north on those issues nobody hardly that i can see so the Supreme Court, they say, can't find the leaker. I think that's a lie, number one. But the big reason I want to bring this up is not over that battle like everybody else wants, who's the leaker, whatever. I think the leakers, um, you know, whatever. But here's the point that I want to make. Whacked out Donald Trump now. And again, I praise Donald when he deserves it, but I criticize him when he deserves it because I don't pick sides. To me, you got to understand the issue. Donald wants to arrest the reporters, the publishers, the editors. He says, look, you got to jail journalists if they won't identify the Supreme Court draft opinion leaker. The blaze with that piece. Now, shame on the Donald. Folks, you can't arrest journalists for not. Now, you might be able to arrest government officials who won't break and tell you the truth because they're under a different mantra. They're supposed to protect America from enemies foreign and domestic. 
and leakers might be considered enemies, but you can't arrest journalists or get into the private sector and force them to tell what they know. At some point, the government has no authority to demand or force that. So when Donald wants to yeet the Constitution, shame on the Donald. When the Donald wants to just start running around arresting people as if government's godlike, he's off his rocker, Destry. I agree. I agree. I I think that we just need to continue to uh, use reason and common sense. But that's the hardest part is that, you know, um, critical thinking has been kind of uh, drilled out of us. If you go back in even into the education system, I think sometimes, you know, they're not teaching people how to think. They're teaching them what to think. You know, there's an agenda. And so because of that, um, just as you're talking about in your program, um, you know, we could talk about this all all day, but we need to have that guidance and those. And that's for me. I had to have mentors kind of teach me and show show me where to look. And then as soon as I started to dig a little bit and go back to the original, um, uh, the original documents and start to kind of understand and read what they were saying, I kind of started to it started to help me see you know wh- why we're off track today. So. I, I do think if we go back to the genealogy of our constitution, we can see that how they were they fought for those uh, inalienable rights against the divine rights of the kings, you know. And I think that we're back to that is that in today's world, you know, when when you talk about infringement again, you know, these these politicians kind of think that they um, can do whatever they want um, because we the people are not holding them accountable, and it comes back to. You know, uh, why are we in this mess? And it, it definitely is because of the politicians. But I think it also stems back to our um, not being vigilant and not being awake and uh, not seeing what the the politicians are trying to do and 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 try to snake away our our God given rights. So I, you know, I your your program is spot on and what you've both you and dr bradley have said i think that if people would go back and research their own you know their own self by um reading some history they'd they'd come to the same conclusion that we're talking about today dr bradley i say that donald's off his his rock on this man you can't just start arresting everybody because they won't tell you who the leaker was now you might get government officials and, and mandate that they tell you but you can't just start arresting people donald doesn't even understand what he's talking about well, his understanding of the Constitution is non-existent, actually, in, in every way that we ever can look at it. I have never seen him take a constitutionally correct perspective unless it was an accident. But the, the, you look at the First Amendment, for example. This idea of the free exercise of, of uh, uh, speech and press and people to peaceably assemble and petition, these were, were not put there to assure that pornography could be disseminated or that uh, vile and filthy things could be spoken. And that's what we're protecting now. It's flipped on its head. These things were there to preserve liberty. And and if you start uh, this pathway of arresting those that are speaking out against certain things or for certain things, suddenly you've, you've chilled the effect that they were there for. They are there to preserve liberty. If, in fact, for example, you and I come to hear about some stupid thing that I know it never happens, that violates our constitutional rights, our God-given rights, that's destroying our liberty, we have to have that right to speak out about that and not be infringed, not be uh, 
chilled, if you will, because of this. And that's what it's about. It has nothing to do with pornography or... Yes, yeah, so maybe we should arrest anything. the former president for even thinking he can violate my free speech rights. Uh, I'm just joking. That, fans? I'm demonstrating uh, the absurd uh, by being absurd. I would never want to arrest him for that. I'm just making a point. See how psychotic that gets? Ladies and gentlemen, it's insanity, and it's got to stop. All right. The Treasury Department just announced that we've hit our $31.4 trillion debt ceiling, uh, and the Republicans are going to save us, right, Destry? Heck yeah, <laughs> we need to go uh, right and wrong instead of left and right, uh, left and right, right? Amen to that. Dr. Bradley, I submit to you that this is insane, and the only way to stop it is to start shutting down unconstitutional government agencies as fast as we can. We won't uh, be crossing any increased limits if we do that, uh, but if we don't, all they're going to do is hold out for a, a political theater show and cave and sell us down the river further if we're not very careful, Dr. Well, it's, uh, you know, right now uh, I'm looking at the real-time national debt clock. It's 31, it's over $31.5 trillion. I'm not going to go out to the nth degree. So we have exceeded what they call their debt ceiling. Well, it's a facade. Every time we get to it, they scooch it, and they scooch it again, they scooch it again, they scooch it again. And, and I was just looking at a presentation I made about five years ago. The per, the, let's equate. Who knows what thirty-one and a half trillion dollars are? I mean, pretty serious money. That's all I know. But on a per capita, per citizen debt, five years ago it was only sixty thousand dollars. Now it's ninety-four thousand, over ninety-four thousand, approaching ninety-five thousand. See, that's the thing. In four years, we have, poof. I mean, it's just blossoming. And and everybody, oh, ain't it awful? We're all going to die. We're going to shut down the government. Blah 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 blah. It's a facade. We've got to say all of this unconstitutional spending has got to stop. And and we look and because at this is Solutions Radio, I want to say this. Shut down the government entirely and bring back only those items that you can constitutionally justify. Then we'll be in great shape. Which, well, yeah, the, the problem is that 60% of our current uh, budget is focused on what they call entitlements, not a one of which. 60% of our budget goes to entitlements, which not a single one of those is constitutionally authorized. So 60% of our budget, at least, is unconstitutional. The other things, there's some debate we could have on. I would say but it's we 90%, could get rid of it. I know I get your point. Destry yeah. Griffith, Utah State Director for the CSPOA, CSPOA.org. Thank you. We'll have you back soon. Dr. Scott Bradley, thank you as well. If you want to learn about his incredible collegiate series to preserve the nation or check out his weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution and more, simply go to freedomsrisingsun.com. My website lovingliberty.net also cspoa.org ladies and gentlemen we the people can save america but you got to get involved and you got to do it fast god save the republic of the united states of america <laughs>